Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This is More Than a Word, episode 43. I'm joined this week by Tayo Roxon. Tayo, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Pleasure's mine, and you said my name right. Most people say Tayo all the time, so uh, you did your research. Yes, Tayo Roxon. Good, good. I'm glad <laughs> to hear that. Well, the word we're going to be talking about today is difference, Tayo, and I know that you do a lot of work with this word, but first of all, to kind of just tell everyone who's listening a little bit about who you are and what you do to get us going today. Sure. So I'm a, I describe myself as a cultural translator and a brand strategist for change makers. My essential mission is to help people connect to themselves as well as connect and effectively across cultures. And a lot of my work straddles around my diversity and inclusion firm and really working with people who want to make a difference in the world by helping them express their message in, in a clear and concise way. So, yeah, I tend to work with a lot of individuals who want to be activists or who want to make an impact. Or sometimes institutions bring me on to say, hey, we need to create an inclusive environment. What are, you, what are your thoughts? How can we get there? So that's what I do. Very cool. So I think we picked the right word then today, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, difference is, is something I have a huge personal relationship with, and I'm sure we'll get into it. But uh, yeah, that's that's what really got me started. So. Yeah, so what does difference mean to you then? We'll get right into it right away there. So, <laughs> well, well, let me give you some context. So sure. I'm, I'm a Nigerian, and I grew up in five countries and four continents. Wow. Yeah, so the idea of being different <laughs> was already embedded in me. But the first time I remember actually feeling different was when I was 10 years old. And... I remember being this skinny Nigerian kid with a thick Nigerian accent in a French-speaking country and an American in a national school going through puberty. And so in a place where everybody felt different, I felt different, right? And it was, it was an interesting point for me because at that point in your life when you're in this American international school that's very small, there were about maybe 120 people from K through 12, and I was just coming in. I was just trying not to stand out. You don't want to stand out for the wrong reasons. You already feel insecure. And I was feeling insecure about my blackness, my Nigerian-ness, um, uh, uh, and my masculinity because everybody was like, well, you, is that's not a real, that's not what men do. You're crying all the time. And I was like, I just want to be vulnerable, you know? Um, and and uh, Yeah. <laughs> uh, and my parents didn't know what to do. Uh, but through that experience, I started to le- really learn how to embrace what was unique about me, what was different about me while finding the commonalities that existed within me. Essentially, as understanding the difference around me and um, finding the commonalities that existed within me. And it it led me down this path of really understanding myself, self-awareness, really understanding, you know, what my values are, right? And, and, And how I can live those values. And then really not getting intimidated by people that are different, but trying to explore what makes them tick. And I just turn to writing and expressing myself and I would write what I experienced and I would, um, you know, connect them to stories and then and then I would start, um, you know, just um, turning them to blog posts and poems and things like that and people started to resonate and the most interesting thing for me though was when people started to say I thought I was the only one, um, yeah. you know, like, hey, you know, I really, I heard your podcast or I just read something you said, I thought I was the only one that ever experienced that and I was like, no, you're not the only one. And then it turned into a community, but that was what that happened. I had to come to the self-awareness point of view, and then I had to just understand that I was enough. So. Sure. Well, that's a a really unique story, especially the you know the multiple countries, and that's yeah. very not many people can probably say that you know. And I'm curious then on that kind of exploration through the you know figuring out your difference and, and really self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, were there any reasons why that kind of sparked for you, started being in all those places around those people, or was it really in, coming from an inside out type of deal? 
Well, I didn't have a choice with the moves. My dad was a diplomat, so we just moved around a lot. Um, and, you know, while I was doing the self-awareness piece, the really deep self-reflection, I started to really understand that my passion for helping people be themselves in different environments really came from the fact that I spent the first nine years of my life in two military dictatorships, right? So wow. Nigeria is a country with over 250 ethnic groups, many of them vying for ethnic domination. Uh, because of you know colonialism and things like that, you know you place a bunch of people that normally wouldn't be a country and you put them together and it's for your political and you know economic gain. You know centuries of that can yield certain distrust. But sure. by the time we were you know independent, there was you know there was just a lot of distrust. So who's going to take power? Who's going to take power? It's my turn. Coup, counter coup. And I just saw that and was processing that. And in my head, it was my reality. I didn't you know grow up initially with democratic regimes are just sort of, oh, curfew, or someone died, another person. Yeah. Uh, but as I was processing that, I realized that I, I always had this weird discomfort with the, within me that people were being judged because of their tribal groups, or people were being taken uh, into exile because of their beliefs. And so that juxtaposed with the idea that I started moving around, you know, in all these countries, I think it really just um, stoked this flame in me where I was like, my mission in this world is not to make sure everybody anybody feels the way I feel right now, which is alone, even though everybody thinks I'm I'm okay. And mm -hmm. so I think we live in that world today. I think, you know, in today's world, it's very easy to 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 just disregard mental health and sure. and to to um, poo poo vulnerability, right? You know, it's the the idea of of a man showing emotions is, is like, oh, you're a beta male. Or the, the idea of someone expressing their opinions of something that hurts them. People say, you're too sensitive. And so I just started to really realize that in our workplaces and in our schools, which are the two most, uh, those are two of the places we spend most of our time in, those two places don't have systems that cultivate people to explore the fullness of their identities. You know, sometimes you have this thin way. If you go to work, you have to do it this way. No chance for you to do anything else. And in that place, you have no idea who you're shutting out, right? Because of the power dynamics. And in schools, I love traditional methods, but we don't make room for kids and teenagers to explore their creativity. Mm -hmm. And I think that stifles the world as a whole because we don't get to explore the beautiful nature of our world. And so I just focus on those two institutions because I didn't want to create the next generation of like stifled growth <laughs> mm. and so yeah it was just me I, I don't know i don't know why i was thinking about all this as a kid yeah but that's just how i i, I always thought i just processed and i would translate to the world and um i, I don't know I, it was just something in me from that it makes a lot of sense yeah and you know you've mentioned a few times now kind of the masculinity piece to this which is something that i also yeah am a, am a big kind of thinker around and like to like to do some work on and I've always said that another big word that I think plays a big role in that is toughness right yeah we think of tears and all these things and emotion <laughs> as like not tough yeah. or being you know a girl is an insult which is you know obviously completely makes no sense but of course. all of that being said I've always think that it's kind of this messed up logic because if you're doing something like crying that yeah. no one else is doing you're being different you're embracing a difference so this is one example of a difference but if you're embracing that difference that's actually the tougher and much harder thing to do yeah so the whole logic of why you're scared to do it in the first place is actually completely backwards it's so much harder to love than to than to hate and, and i say that people are always like what what do you mean i'm saying if think about it next time you you 
you go on Twitter or you see something, there's this mob thing where like, I'm just gonna diss something, but it's the harder thing to do to actually, hey, you know, I'm just gonna love this this person through that. And you know, I as someone who's who's straight and has is the oldest of three uh, three boys, this was always very important to me, like three men, three young men. And in Nigerian culture, when you're the oldest, you take on responsibility a lot. But for me, when we grew up all these in all these places, I had to grow up pretty quickly because we were in different continents. I went to boarding school and, you know, I, I was growing up before I was even like an adult. So my mom, my mom and dad will instill in me like, hey, you know, everybody's watching you, you know, you cannot mess up. And so <laughs> and so they, they will, they, it was just always drummed in me. And then and, 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 uh, you're such a collectivist, uh, collectivist uh, environment where extended family watches you as well. Everyone watches you. So I was always aware of that, and that, for some reason, didn't you know, um, it didn't feel like pressure to me. But I just had this call of responsibility, and I was looking around at the me- the male figures around me, and I I saw that what they identified with as toughness or masculinity wasn't something that I wanted to do. And I tried everything. I tried the strong, silent type. I tried the 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 cold. Uh, or I tried the funny guy thing, and all of them never felt you know authentic to me. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was being someone else. And, and I remember that in um, high school. I went to boarding school in Nigeria and everybody was always confused by me. They're like, hey, you know, you, you have this because I just left an American international. You have this loosely American accent and you're tall and you're in sports. Why aren't you doing things? Like if I was you, I would do this. And they're like, you should be cooler than this. And it was always this weird thing where I the guys in my dorm didn't necessarily liked the type of masculinity I was presenting and and then the women were like hey this is this guy who's sensitive he's, he's all that and I remember one time I came back and the, the 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 guys in my dorm because they couldn't physically do anything to me they had cut up all my shorts and put lotion all over it as a way to send a message like yeah mm. you're not one of us and I'm like oh my gosh but uh but that was my high school right yeah and eventually everybody started to realize it wasn't an act and then it was I was just tired that's tired the guy that is in touch with his emotions sure but it always really bothered me because um it shouldn't just be the guy who was involved in his emotions any guy can be that it, there's right. no like uh <laughs> one type of guy and um and you know we joke about it now in all our group chats because they all sometimes they'll come back and say you know i'm sorry you know or, i was just gonna ask you that <laughs> yeah you know i'm sorry well, i i now know what you were doing but but i'm like you know it's fine it's okay but uh, yeah, that's that's what I, I uh, I'm afraid of because of that. When you when you do that and people you don't realize that young boys and, and and women and girls are impressionable, so they're watching you and they're watching you not practice vulnerability, or honesty, or strength to to use your word, and they just take on that behavior and then it's become something they do to their their peers and it's this. You know, a social cycle. norm that you know, has social no norm. reason to exist other than that it does. I, yeah. It's just kind of a weird thing. I was thinking also when you were talking about in the different places that you lived growing up mm-hmm. and, and some of the conflict or different lifestyles, you know, of, of like not really lifestyles, but, you know, things that had to happen like curfews, right. things of that nature. Um, is it ever weird to you when you were in some of those situations and now being in, in a time in America where difference is such a hot kind of button issue again when maybe you know it shouldn't be in the way that it is is it weird to kind of have come from this place where those were kind of systemic issues and then maybe see them surfacing in a different way now in this land of the free place i guess you could say well so i would would say i'm not i'm not surprised because i've always been writing about this and we were talking before the interview 
Um, and you asked me about my TEDx talks, and I said I had applied for two years before that. But I was always writing about this because I, I was I'd learned how to observe human behavior from a very young age. So I I wasn't surprised that something like this would happen because when you you pretend like difference doesn't exist and something doesn't happen, there's always a tipping point where people are going to get frustrated. So I just didn't know when it will happen. But I know that after the 2016 elections, people started to reach out to me and say, hey, you were right. I was, thought you were just a weird guy. But what I am, when you ask me the question about whether it's weird for me, the only thing that's weird for me is how little people uh, value the privilege of freedom. Mm. Because having lived in those countries, I know that just one day to just have the ability to go to your home without any bad thing happening was enough of, of was enough to make someone happy for like a month where it was like oh my gosh we have one good day wow. and a lot of times the ability to just express your opinion many times w- was almost a death sentence or like you, we got to go home and so i hear and i see people all, this, all these times i'm like okay i i understand his different opinions but i really wish you understood that this idea of I'm going to go to another country or I, I, I'm going to like run away from the problem is not the solution. You have to be able to figure out how to work together because many people don't get to experience this. And you should use that privilege to really understand each other so you can make a safe space for everybody else. So I, I, um, I'm always surprised why when people feel like they want to flee from conflict instead of work through that because this is a better way than I've seen other people handle conflict in the past. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's what always surprises me. That's really fascinating. And I think that another thing that pops into my brain around this whole, you know, what you were just saying, and and you've obviously come from a journey where you were in a lot of different environments. You were, you know, difference, you you felt different, but you were also seeing different all the time. And so we're talking about self-awareness, but then there's the side of the social awareness and empathy and Mm -hmm. all these things that can kind of heal some of the ailments of, negative uses of difference and realizations of it and uh i'm curious with that are there any tips that you might have i know you had a very like i said a very unique journey in that regard but for people maybe that have grown up around individuals that look the same or are very similar in a lot of ways and haven't been given a a, something that was out of their control to realize the difference and kind of gain empathy without choosing it do you have any advice for those people how to get more in touch with the social awareness side of things well you have to learn how to love yourself right the first that's the first thing um because even if you i've been a hidden immigrant many times like i go back to nigerian times and i'm i look like you know i'm black and everything but there's this concept where you might look a certain way, but you're not, you know, people tell you, you're not one of us, you do, you sound you, they're, they're different, or even if you sound the same, you feel different. But if you don't know how to love yourself and you're not in touch with what your values are and you don't live with them, it becomes really, really dicey because then you're subject to conditioning. And when you're subject to people's conditioning or society's conditioning, you're going to sway based on the external environment. So I always tell people to find a way to cultivate their inner joy. And joy is very internal. Happiness is external. So... Learn how to practice doing what you love and love what you're doing. Also learn that everything is a process, right? The process of even what you're doing with this podcast, you, you, you're not sure what it's going to be, but you love what you're doing. And there's no doubt that what this thing is going to end up uh, becoming for you is going to be something you love because of where it started from. So people need to learn how to really practice their hobbies and do that. But also breathe. You know, uh, meditation is back in style now, but it's something that I, there are many apps. I use the Breathe app. It's B-R-E-E-T-H-E. And it's just finding five to 10 minutes a day to collect your thoughts. I don't think that a lot of people intentionally start their day. 
Like I wake up, this is what I'm going to do. They just wake up and whatever the day ha- you know brings for them is what they take on. But if you practice your day with intentionality, I need to do these five things. I need to make sure that I um, that I have the, these values or these these things are in service of the bigger goal. Those type of things will start to create this positive energy around you where you start to feel like I love myself. I love what I'm doing. I have an idea of where I'm going. It's not really there clear, but I just have an idea and I'm working towards something. And I think once you practice doing that, you're going to start to build this this sense of um, competence, which builds confidence. And then once you have competence and confidence, you feel really self-assured. Because everything that I've seen that happens from today, I think stems from a place of deep insecurity or deep (laughs) um, ignorance and fear. And so if you practice being secure in who you are, that's the first step. And then the, the, the second part of your question is how to understand the difference around you is you have to start observing like what you're doing right now, interviewing people that you're curious about. My best friend always says, follow your curiosities. If you follow your curiosities, you're going to find several people that, that have similar interests, right? I love sports. And when I, whenever I hang around with people that, that play sports, they come from different backgrounds, but we're connected among in long distance. But what happens as a result of us playing sports? You learn more about this person. Oh, you're from India. You're from, you know, you're from Israel. You're from there. And you learn about different ways they do their culture. But that's, that's entering here. You're opening your mind based on something you like. And if you're curious, you're going to ask questions. You're going to launch a podcast. You're going to watch a movie, watch a documentary. Follow those curiosities after you do that. And then if you practice that, self-awareness and following your curiosities, you have those two things where you're self-assured and you're you're not as insecure, but then you're also not as ignorant because you're, you're intentionally seeking that information. So, yeah, I yeah. love that. And yeah. I think that I, I often quantify the kind of that, it's not even really a dichotomy, but the, the balance between internal and external is tunnel vision with an open mind. Oh, you know I love what that. I mean? Because you're focused on where you're going. Like, I know that I want to, you know, do certain things with maybe this podcast, but vulnerability as a whole, you know what you're doing. Others yeah. know what they're doing. But that doesn't mean that while they're zoned in on that goal, they're not forgetting to learn and to yeah. chase curiosity. And that doesn't mean you leave your tunnel, yeah. but you can still learn within that kind of vacuum. That's just how what I what you're saying. That's kind of how I quantify it yeah. in my own right. So. A certain flexibility that comes with that. I mean, many times we think we know what we want. I mean, I, you know, I'm can I can do this with college. People would think they want to do a certain major. You take a few classes and they're like, ah, no. Never mind. Right? <laughs> right? And, and that, that, that's the thing I think we have to get our mindsets out of. Because sometimes we get so fixated on this. And if it's not that, we try to force it to be what our idea of was. Instead of evolving and saying, hey, I now learned this. This is what I learned I don't want. This is what I learned that I want. Now I'm going to go towards what I want. And I'm going to take the lessons <laughs> from this. You know, So uh, it applies to relationships. It applies to life. It applies to any goal. So yeah. Sure. Yeah. So the last thing I wanted to ask you about today is with this whole conversation surrounding mm-hmm. distance, right? Or sorry, difference, difference not yeah. distance. <laughs> I mean, difference. it could be distance. <laughs> difference. Um, in, in our, in, like we were talking about today and the past and everything that's led to this point right here. What, where do you think this conversation needs to go next? And maybe even more importantly, what are you doing to try to take it to that place? Well, I put all my thoughts in the book, which comes out uh, on September 4th. But I, uh, that's one of the things that I'm doing. Um, and I've, I'm creating courses around that. And I always put all that and everything. But the way that I feel like I can do it is to use my strengths. I feel like I'm a storyteller. Uh, and, and a speaker and writer. So, you know, I'm a consultant. So every time I consult, I try to share the things that I know. And when I write, I do the same thing. And it's the reason with the book and all that. 
um, where I think we're going is I think we're, we're going to a place where we as a world need to reflect on who we are. We need to look in the mirror and just like understand that we are surrounded by different people. And whatever we decide to do with these differences is really going to make or break us. Because if, if we are going to continue down the path of, hey, you're too different from me, I can't associate with you, then that's a very dangerous precedent. But if we're going to try and say, you're very different, I never grew up that way, but your way of seeing things is also valid and my way of seeing things is also valid. Let's find a way to expand our definitions mutually. I think that's where we'll have progress. I, I'm very optimistic. Uh, sometimes I describe myself as an angry optimistic, <laughs> but um, I think that we can get to that place. Uh, I just think it really starts from everybody being honest with themselves. Uh, I don't think we have enough people being honest with who they are because they're afraid of being seen as racist, bigots, or, or you know, um, you know, something that's misogynistic or anything like that. But I just say, hey, even if you have been racist, sexist, and misogynistic, it doesn't mean that you can't change. And, and, and so just admit, be honest, and then let's move on from that. Don't let the fear of being called something that you possibly are <laughs> um, allow you to prevent your growth. And, and, and that, that's where I, I um, yeah, that's, a, that's my thought. Those are my thoughts on that. I love yeah. that yeah. self-awareness. I feel like recently these episodes, there's been a lot of self-awareness yeah. and I love that because like, oh. it is very important and, and difference, you know, we talk about different, but it is still about you as well and, and just being aware on that level first. So mm -hmm. Tyler, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you coming on and allowing us to use your space here and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm making it work wherever I can. So thanks for opening the door and, and you know, opening your mind and your in your mouth for this conversation. Absolutely. No, thank you for reaching out. Thank you for doing what you do. I, I really admire this. I love this, uh, the setup and the fact that you just came to the city and you're just doing this. I think these stories are important and I, I know the audience is going to benefit, uh, benefit from this greatly. So thank you. Well, I appreciate that.